גמרא חגיגה, דף כ"ד, מסכת דרכי לדנאנו סריפלי, אריכות ימים ושנים יעקב ישראל בן פרידה ציפורה ושרה בת שמחה, שהשם יאריך ימיהם בטוב, ושנותם בנעימים, אמן, תראה דף רפואה שלמה, נשיא הקהילה, אליהו בן רחל, אין נרפנה לו, בתוך שאר חולי עמו ישראל, אמן, ואנחב ג' עמוד ב' And we are starting on the bottom of the Amud, uh, where it says, actually, middle Aklim, it's Aref, Mashim Betochon HaKodesh, Avalo Letruma. So we learned in the Mishnah that if you have, let's say, items of Kodesh in a keli, in a vessel, so the vessel is Mitzaref, it combines everything to make it one. So therefore, if you touch one piece of Kodesh, all the Kodesh becomes Tameh. Mashim Enken, When it comes to teruma, only what you touch becomes tamer, and what is not uh, being touched will not become tamer. So the Gemara wants to know, how do you know that a kli is mitzaref, combines everything with a bek kodesh? So we learned that by the Hanukkah Tenesi'im, when the presidents brought their inaugural korban to the Mishkan, So it says, kaf achat. It was one uh, spoon filled with ketorit. So the Gemara's Doresh, kaf achat. And everything in the kaf becomes one. Ha-katuv, ha-sa'an, ne-cholmash be-kaf, echat. Come and teach us that if a person touched uh, part of the ketorit, all of the ketorit will become tameh. And we know the ketorit is Kodesh. So therefore, we learn it from a pasuk. So it sounds like that it's a deoraita, this, uh, this concept. Mativ Rav Kahana, Hosif Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva added that what, that what it says in the Mishnah, Legabe Siruf Kili, that the Kili is Mitzaref, he added Hasolet, Vagetoret, Vahadebona, Vagehalim. Solet is the flower that's used for the Minha, Ketoret we know, that's the Ketoret they bring every day. Lebona is part of the frankincense, that's part of the Korban Minha. And Gehalim is the coals that are on the outer Mizbeah, that they put the, um, uh, in the Ketoret, in the, on the Mizbeah, uh, in order to burn the Ketoret. She'im nagat tibul yom b'miksato, that even if a tibul yom, because he went to the Mizbeah, but he didn't have the Eid of Shemesh yet, and he just touched part of it, pasal et kulo. It's as if he was posel and touched everything. Now, clearly what Abiy Akiva was talking is on a rabbinical level. Baha, the Rabbanan, who the Biakiva was talking only on a rabbinical level. We'll see how in a second. This question is going to be, you just told me, is the Oraita, based on a pasuk of Kafahat, Asara Zaham, and Aketoret. It can't be the Oraita. Why? Because the Biakiva said, it's the Rabbanan. Mimai, how do you know it's the Rabbanan? So it's the Ketani Resha, because the Resha of that statement says, before the Biakiva, That's the ashes of Paraduma. That if a tameh touched part of it, which means the kli is mitzaref, everything to become one, the inyan hatat. Now, for sure, that's only midrabana. From the story of Kafahat, we only learn Kodesh. We don't, we learn, we don't learn efer hatat is mitzaref. So therefore, must be the Efer Hatat is rabbinical. And therefore, if Efer Hatat is rabbinical, so therefore, Rabbi Akiba was Hosif. So the Hosif meaning, not only is Efer Hatat rabbinical, but he added these other items as well. No, each one of these Gezerot, uh, you can't make other homers on these Gezerot. It is, it, it is what it is. Rabbi said, they said where they said it. Especially if you hold that for some reasons that we were more lenient by uh, Efer Hatat, Each, each, each one of these are alone. And therefore, we don't have a pasuk for Efer Hatat. And we can't make a Kavahomer from a pasuk. So therefore, it said it where it said. So the Yomarad comes along and says, if Rabbi Shimon was Medrabanan, so Rabbi Akiva was Mosif. If it was Mosif, so therefore, Vekatan Yosif Rabbi Akiva, which sounds like it's Rabbanan, that she says, Mosif Rabbi Akiva, Resha Ketan Yaid Rabbi Shimon al Efer Hatat, Even though these items are not really, 
we have a question that for, for, for something to become Tameh, you need it to become Hukshar la Tum'ah. It has to be prepared for Tum'ah. Food becomes prepared for Tum'ah, how? By the seven liquids. So the Chaurah, how can these items become Tameh Bechlal if it's not a food item? They're not Hukshar uh, la Tum'ah. Only Ochel has a din of Hekshir. So that she does Zahidush. There's a concept called Hibata Kodesh. Hibata Kodesh means the endearment that we have to Kodesh automatically is considered it's Mukshar the Omed. Fine. Right? You only learn from the Pasuk, stuff that goes on the Mizbeh. You don't learn about Efer Hapara. So therefore, how could you tell me that it's the Uraita? Sounds like it is the Rabba. Oh, so which means that which Rabbi Akiva was talking about is talking about not the minha, the minha that's in the keli, in the chenamed, the keli we mitzarefet, the oraita. He was talking about the leftovers of the minha after kimitza, after kimitza. Even though that Shiarayim is Kodesh, but you don't need a Keli anymore. So, therefore, when do we say items are Mitzarev, items that need a Keli? But if it doesn't need a Keli anymore, so the Keli is not going to Mitzarev with the Oraita, Ela Midde Rabbanan. Therefore, he says, the Oraita, Sarich le Keli, Hakli Mitzarfo, like the Pasuk of Kaf Ahat, Asarazaham, and Aketorit. Over there, they had to put the Ketorit in a Kaf. So if it needs a keli, the keli mitzarefet. However, she'enot sarich lekli, like this case of the she'ere minhad, you don't need the keli anymore after the minhaz, uh, after the comets, and keli mitzarefet. V'atur the rabbis came along, ve'gazru, that afagav, the enot sarich lekli, keli mitzarefet. As she says, the ilum de oraita, at sarich lekli, second line, to be at the ketoret, she'bekaf, the ayri bakra, Okay, that's only one of the cases of Rabbi Akiva, the case of Solid. Ketoret ulbona ma'ika lememar. Now he put, he put ketoret in the bona in there. Now ketoret is in the keli, and the bona is in the keli. He tells me also midrabana, because you put them in the same, in the same sentence. He put Solid, ketoret, lebona. Ketoret lechavran is a keli. So how can you say it's only midrabana? It should be. That we're talking about over here that you didn't put it in a keli, you put that you took them from a flat item, a flat uh, leather uh, item, which means it's not considered a keli that has a tof. When do we say the keli is mitzvade when it has a inside, when it has a, a receptacle? But shaken if it's just a flat item that you're taking it from, that's not considered a kid, that would be mitzvah. He's talking about a biakiba where you took it from a flat item that does not have a talk, does not have an inside. That item is not considered a keli. The gabe, the law of tziruf de oraita, and it will be mitzvah if it made the rabba none. Which that which we learned from the Torah, mid the oraita, yesh lo toch, like the keli of the ketoret, yesh lo toch, mitzvah. And therefore, he was talking about a case where there was no toch. You are telling me that the concept of everything to make it one is the oraita from the Pasuk of Kafahata Sarazamir Aketoret that is arguing with Rabbi Hanin because he's going to clearly hold it as the Rabbanan. Why? Which means the Hanin that says the right is arguing on the opinion of Rabbi Chaya Bar Rabbi Chaya Bar Abba, Amar Rabbi Hanan, Meidutosh Rabbi Akiva, Nishnit Mishnazu. Adraba, our Mishnah that says the Kli is Mitzaref is based on the testimony of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva clearly was Midrabanan. Our Mishnah must be Midrabanan. That's arguing on Rabbi Hanin. Because Rabbi Hanin clearly said our Mishnah is the right based on the Pasuk, so that we have a machloket, is the din in Amishnah the oraita, or is it the rabbanan? Gemara continues, Harbi'i ba Kodesh Pasuk. We learned that Rabbi'i, Kodesh is able to come to the level of a Rabbi'i. It can reach the level of four. 
degree four in Tumah. Tanya, Amar Rabbi Yosef Menayim, Rabbi Eba Kodesh Upasud. How do you know that Kodesh can become actually a Rabbi that it goes to that extent? I'll make a Kavahomer. What is Mehusar Kipurim? That's the guy who went to the Mikveh and he had the Erev Shemesh. He just has to wait till tomorrow morning to bring his Korbanot. So until he brings his Korbanot, he's called Mehusar Kipurim. He's lacking Kapara. Uma Mehusar Kipurim. Shemutar betruma. At that point, he truma. However, Pasul ba Kodesh, but he's not allowed to have Kodesh. He cannot have Kodesh he brings his Korban. So you have a case. When it comes to the level of Shilishi, Shilishi level is Posel Truma. All the more so, it should make a Vi'i to Kodesh. If it's Pasul Truma, it should extend it to the Kodesh. Now, stop right there. We normally have a rule that says whenever you're making a Kalba Homer, that you cannot say more than your source. That's called the law of Dayo, which means you want to tell me that Tiruma reaches a Shilishi. So then all you should say is, How are you learning that if, 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 that is not Posel Tiruma, but it's Posel Kodesh, Shilishi, that's Posel Tiruma. Certainly, make a Kodesh Oh, we get to the V. You should say that at least we should learn that Kodesh reaches a Shilishi level. That's the question they all ask. And that she asked this question what about Dayo. So continue the Gemara. The Gemara will answer this question right now. The Gemara says, Now, oh, we know Shilishi la Kodesh already from a different source. So therefore, if I have a source for Shilishi, my Kabahome can only be coming to tell me something that I don't know. Which means, when do I say dayo? I say dayo when uh, uh, I, I can break the, uh, uh, I, I have no way to learn, but when I can learn something else from the Kabahom. So I can learn Shilishi, but if I don't need to learn Shilishi, so now we're ready, because Shilishi I already have from a Pasuk, so then the Kabahom must be coming to tell me, understand? When do we say dayo? When I can learn, when I can learn dayo, but in this case, I can't learn dayo. Why? Because what are you going to tell me? The Kavahomer is coming to teach me Shilishi Bakodesh. Shilishi Bakodesh, I know already. Shilishi Bakodesh, I know from a Pasuk. So if I know Shilishi from a Pasuk, then I can go back and learn the Kavahomer for Revi. So let's read that inside. Velamadnu Shilishi Bakodesh Menatorah, Uribi'i Bekavahomer. Very good. So Shilishi Bakodesh is Menatorah, and the Revi'i is from a Kavahomer. Just look at Rashi. Rashi says, uh, look at the sheet. But if that's the case, you cover home as we knocked up. Why? And we have a rule. If the cover is going to be totally broken, and in this case, if you're going to learn Shilishi. You don't need a kava homer. I don't need a kava homer for shilishi because shilishi I know it from the Torah. So they were, if so they were, well, you have a kava homer. So if you must learn the kava homer that's coming to teach me. They be a okay. So that's what that she says over there. Uh, that's how I know Kodesh. Uh, yep. All right, Rabotai, welcome. It's Erev Shabbat Kodesh, and that's when we get together to study the uh, Parashat Shavua. And uh, Baruch Hashem, we made it to the end of Shemot, Parashat Pekudeh. And just in case you didn't have enough of the Mishkan, the Torah will uh, serve us another beautiful main course. Pekudeh is primarily Mishkan again. Now, Baruch Hashem, good, good, good for the leap year that we were able to really pay attention to these Parashiyot. That uh, usually, not because the parashiot are not rich, the Torah is rich uh, wherever you wherever you dig. It's that the, the the one that's giving it over is poor. So therefore, we need to look for alternate stuff. But this year, Baruch Hashem, we went to all the parashiot properly. 
we weren't, you know, we didn't have a, a we didn't have a choice to neglect it. The parashiot are right in front of us. And this week again, it, normally you have the four parashiot to go to, but this week there's no four parashiot. There's a break. It's a bye week. Next week is zachor, so this week is just pikudeh. Now I understand if I wanted to, I could probably talk about purim already, and you know, after really is is chodesh, but I don't want to ne- neglect pikudeh. And it is a parashah class after all. And uh, although my contract doesn't say that I have to stick to the parashah, but nonetheless, I'm known to do more than my contract uh, obligates me. So I'm going to continue in that minhag. Anyway, just some ideas. This is referred to as the parashah of accounting. This is the reckoning of the mishkan. We made all the uh, collections, and now the people, uh, they want to know transparency. Where did the money go? And since Moshe Rabbeinu did it alone, he collected all the money, so therefore Moshe Rabbeinu is honest. He doesn't say, hey, I'm Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm gonna give a tra- I don't have to give a reckoning. you got to trust me. Moshe Rabbeinu says, no, I'm going to put everything out on the table. And he goes, you know, piece by piece, Zahav, Kesef, Nehoshet, how much of this and how much of that. Uh, at one point, they, uh, he forgot certain items and they remembered where they put those and everything was, yeah, everything was, uh, you know, came out good. The accounting sheet uh, balanced at the end of the day. There wasn't an extra penny, there wasn't a less penny. Everything was perfect. Elepikudam Mishkan, and the Torah calls the Mishkan, Mishkan Ha'edut. It is the Mishkan of testimony. Okay, so the Mishkan is giving some sort of testimony of some sort of an item. I don't know exactly what it's testifying, but it's a testimony of something. So, Rashiya Kadosh comes along and says, Mishkan Ha'edut. Edut li Yisrael, shviter lahem HaKadosh Baruch Hu al Ma'aseh Ha'egel. So the Mishkan is a testimony that God forgave us Why? See, the Shekhinah is resting in our midst. And therefore, that's a big testimony. Because was a big tragedy for Kla Yisrael. And the Torah comes along and says, well, B'nai went through a process of many days, 80 days of Moshe being in heaven, and then after Yom Kippur, building the Mishkan for three and a half months, and then finally inaugurating it, and the Shekhinah did come down, and the people knew at that point that really God viter uh, lahem. It's an amazing thing that God forgave them. So we went from, leave me alone, Moshe, and I will destroy them in a second, and start a new nation. We went from that extreme, you know, uh, dire situation to... And the Shekhinah is going to come down and rest in the Mishkan. They say, from, the, from one extreme to the other. It's amazing. And only in, a, in, a, in the Torah, it's only in a matter of a few parashiyot. Only question is that they ask on this Rashi, we have a rabbi called the Re'em. Now, the Re'em, not Rabbi Eliyahu Mansur, that's Chamaruch used to call me the Re'em, Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi, who's one of the main commentators on Rashi. And he asks a very strong question. He says, what are you talking about that the Mishkan is edut that God forgave us on the Egel? We got the Luchot Shiniyot. The first Luchot, what happened? Broke. God says, you can't get the Torah. The second Luchot came down, Moshe Rabbeinu. The fact that God gave us a second Luchot, shouldn't that be the testimony? That God, Why are you saying that the Mishkan is the Edut? The Chaura, Luchot Shiniyot is the Edut Shivitelahem Ala Egel. It's a very, very strong question. I'll read it inside. Aval, Hadinatan Lahem Aluchot. Ah, he gave us to the Eno Edut. Not an Edut. Why? Deshlomar. Amazing thing. The reason why he gave us to Luchot. Listen. 
God didn't want to push us away. There's two things here. There's one thing to say, all is good, and the relationship is fine, and we'll make believe it never happen. We kiss and make up. Or there's another in say, listen, the relationship is not uh, where it was, but I'm not pushing you totally away. Kevan, Kevan shinit gayiru. B'nei Yisrael already at Matan Torah. They already, even before the Torah, when they came out of Mitzrayim, they had a deen of what? Gerim, v'kiblu alehem ol Torah mitzvot. They already started to accept upon themselves ol Torah mitzvot, even before Matan Torah. In Marah already they received some of the mitzvot. So B'nei Yisrael already, when they're coming out of Mitzrayim, they have a deen of Yisrael. And we have a law that says what? Yisrael, apal pishechata Yisraelu. So therefore, there's no turning back. Once you are Yisrael, no matter what you do, you can't now undo your Yisrael status. So, right, that's the point. That's the point, which means there's no option now that you can opt out from Torah. A guy cannot come along and say, listen, I'm not religious. They, they think that that, 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 that exempts them. They, that's their past. They say, oh, I'm not religious. Oh, you're not religious, so therefore you, it's okay for you. No, being not religious is just making you now a mezid for things that you're obligated in. You know, when we were young, we used to have the, the boys, they would come along and say, oh yeah, I'm not shomen nigi'ah. And they were thinking that if you just say that you're not shomen nigi'ah, so now you're off the hook. Exactly. Now, now you're bound by a different rule that Nigi'ah doesn't apply. And they say the same thing. Are you Shomer Shabbat? No, I'm not Shomer Shabbat. Oh, very good. So therefore you're part of a different rule. Or you hear the people, I eat out. Oh, so therefore you're not part of the, the rules. Not, not realizing that you don't have an option to opt out. You eat out, okay, fine. So there's going to be a consequence because of that. They think that it's just a verbal thing. You know, it's a verbal commitment. Are you in? You'll get reward. You know, I, I opted out. You don't have an option in Judaism to opt out. Once we became Yisrael, Yisrael even though we sinned, meaning even though we did the Egel, which is the most federal crime that you can commit. But guess what? Even Cheta Egel, what's our status? Yisrael. And therefore, there's no option not to give us the Torah. But that doesn't show that God loves us, and forgave us for the Egel, and the relationship is back. Exactly, which means the Torah, on the contrary, which means, what do you think? Because we'll do the Egel, therefore we become, we become what? We become atheists? And therefore we're not, uh, no. It doesn't change our status whatsoever. There's no such thing as a person that can become a Mishumad and lose his Judaism. A guy comes along and says, but I converted to uh, Christianity, I'm a Christian now. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. But uh, even though you have a cross on, and even though you became the Pope, and even though you're reading now only the New Testament, I don't want to break it to you. And even though they baptized you three times, uh, you're still Jewish. <laughs> As they say, once a Jew, always a Jew. And therefore, the Re'em comes along and says, the, fa- the fact that we got the Torah, that doesn't prove anything. All it proves is, you're still Jewish. But, we could be Jewish with God being angry at us. So therefore, Matan Torah doesn't prove Shevitel lahem ala egel. It might prove to you Yisrael shechata Yisraelu. What proves to us that the egel was forgiven? That already is Ele pikudah mishkan mishkan ha'edut. Because now the Shekinah came down. Now the Shekinah, God could come along and say, here's the Torah, but I'm not going to live with you. God moved back in with us. God moved back in with us. So that's the proof that the Egel was was the, was was a toss. A beautiful explanation of the Re'em. Now, once we say that, we have a beautiful explanation of the Bahya over here. Bahya says on the pasuk Mishkan Mishkan. So that she sees over here that the word Mishkan is repetitious. Ele Mishkan. Mishkan Ha'edut. The Pasuk could have just said, Ere Pekudeh Mishkan Ha'edut. Why is it Mishkan, Mishkan Ha'edut? So that she comes along and tells us, it's referring to the two Batim Mikdash that actually served as a Mashkon. 
Now she takes the word Mishkan and flips the Nikudot around and turns it into Mashkon. And what is a Mashkon? A collateral. What's the Pshat of collateral? That Bore Olam uh, collateralized the two Batem Mikdash and as a result uh, took those Batem Mikdash away from us uh, during the times of the Hurban. As she says, Shne Pe'amim. Mishkan, Mishkan. Well, actually, if you want to be more precise, Ham Mishkan, Mishkan. Remez le Mikdash chenit mashkim mishte Hurbanin ala vonotem shel Yisrael. Right, a little, uh, little uh, downer. You know, we were, we, we, it was strange that all of a sudden we, we, we were on the up over here. Forgiven for the Egel, and now we're moving to Shekhinah, and all of a sudden the Torah gets in there and spoils the party, so to speak, and reminds us of the Hurban Batim Mikdash. Uh, I don't know. I, li- I like the direction to stay where, where, where it's heading. It was, it was an optimistic direction. And the Pekudah Mishkan is the Mishkan of Mishkan Aidut. In the same place where you're telling me, Hashem forgave us for the Egel, you reminded me that destroyed the Beta Mikdash. That's, uh, you know, it sounds like it uh, doesn't fit here. This belongs on the Shabbat. So I saw a beautiful explanation that they explain it like this. The Mishkan or the Batem Mikdash served as a, as she says, a collateral. <laughs> now what is that? What is a collateral? A collateral is, is that if you don't have, let's say, um, you need to borrow money. So therefore, what do you do? You give somebody a collateral. Now, when you give somebody a collateral, what is your intention? Your intention is to get it back. Correct. If you have no intention to get it back, then you just sell it. You just sell the item, take the money and uh, pay your bill. So a collateral actually shows that there's still hope that there's going to be get, getting it back. So the pasuk is coming to tell us the same theme over here. That even though B'nai Israel worshipped the Egel, and even though they did the biggest crime, Israel, you cannot undo the status of Israel. Israel remains forever. And the proof of the pudding is Mishkan HaMishkan that the Mishkan was only collateralized, which means we didn't sell the Mishkan, we didn't sell the Bet Mikdash, the fact that it was taken as a collateral, what is what I was holding it as a collateral now? What does it mean a collateral? We're going to get it back one day. It doesn't say that Borelam took the Bet Mikdash and said, listen, you're in contempt, I'm selling the thing. Once it's sold, it's game over. The fact that God took it as a collateral, so now we're, 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 we're in arrears. So what do we have to do? We have to redeem the collateral. But that tells us what? That there's room to redeem the collateral. Am I there? So therefore, actually, it's a good thing. And it's in the same theme as what the beginning of the puzzle started. That once we accept Judaism upon us, it's eternal. Which means it's not going to, I, we're going to go through Hurban and Hurban Sheni, all temporary because of sins. But the... I'll say it better, if I can say it better at one time. The Egel teaches us what? That Yisrael always remains Yisrael. That you can never undo Yisrael. And Mishkan Mishkan teaches us that that relationship with God is eternal. That means we can never break the relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the proof of the pudding is, he just took the Mishkan as a collateral, implying what? that it will, it will come back. Although the relationship is strained from time to time, but that strained relationship is only a temporary situation. Yisrael is permanent, and the relationship ultimately will be restored as well. Understand the connection between the two? So it's a good thing. Mishkan HaMishkan is not a bad thing at all. It's actually the connection between Purim and Pesach. It's a Mishnechnas Adar Marbim B'Simcha. So they say, what do you mean, Mishnah She says, Yemei Simcha Yisrael Purim Interesting. 
Rashi already, when he saw Adar, he said, Purim Pesach. What's Pesach? I do with Adar. It's it's Adar is Purim. Unless he was trying to tell you maybe a side Kedush that when there's two Adarim, the main Adar is the second Adar that's close to Pesach. So there was a Purim the Pesach. He's coming to tell you it's the Purim the Pesach. That's, that's the main one. But he might be coming to tell you that the two events that happen in these two months are actually connected. The month of Nisan, we were born. That's when we became Israel. That's when the nation was born. Amzu Ali. This is when we came out of Mitzrayim. God took us as a nation. And therefore, Am Yisrael becomes Israel. And what is it? What is Adar? What does Purim come and teach you? That even though B'nai Yisrael are going to sin, the nation is eternal. Which means, Lo Yasuf Mizar'am. It's door, door, it's forever. Therefore, the one, one part is what? We became Israel. But how long could it be lost? Purim comes along and says, it cannot be lost. Even though we made the biggest sins, Bore Olam will never leave his nation. So therefore, it's Purim Vepesa. It's two sides of a similar coin, which is basically the beginning of our Pedashah as well. B'nai said that Chetah Egel, Mishkana Edud, Bore Olam says, it's restored. Aye, but don't think that you, you lost your status of Israel. No. <laughs> Once you signed up, no backsies on that. Therefore, the Torah has to, has to come to you. And the proof of the pudding that there's no backsies is the relationship is also going to be forever. Because I only took the Mishkan for you as a collateral. If it's a collateral, that means you have a chance to get it right back. It's a beautiful, uh, upbeat uh, uh, Musar over there. Charles, your light is on. It doesn't bother me, but I know it, it probably bothers you. Okay. So now we have over here the following. But Bapia writes, beautiful, he says, how many years was the first Bet HaMikdash? How long did it last? 410. If I'm not mistaken, 410? 410. If I'm not mistaken, no, no, the Mishkan lasted for whatever. The, the first Bet HaMikdash. So he says, I think he says that that's the numerical value of Mishkan. Okay, let's do it together, boys. Mem is how much? And Sheen? 340. And Khafnun is 70. 410. So Mishkan equals 410. So therefore, now it would be great if Hamishkan, because we have two words here, oh. if, the, if the Hamishkan would equal 420, which is the second Beta Mikdash. So let's see. Hamishkan is how much? You have 410 already plus the 5. So you have 415. So he says plus the lettuce. So you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So then we have Hamishkan, Mishkan. It started from the second temple. You know, it started from what we had last and then went backwards. So the Hatem Sufit comes along and says, eh, it's a squeeze. <laughs> Which means, he says, listen, the, 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 the first Mikdash, Mishkan, it's a beauty. It's uh, straight up, Mishkan 410. When it comes to the second event of Mikdash, it's 415, and then you got to scramble to find five. So, okay, we scramble uh, five letters. But it's missing five. So he says, no, it's not a squeeze at all. Because we know in the second Beit HaMikdash, there were five miracles that were missing from the first Beit HaMikdash. So therefore, the Torah wants to hint to us that even in the Gematia, it's going to be missing. You're going to have to find the five somewhere else because there's going to be a, a major difference in the, in, the, in, the, in the functioning of the Mishkan. So it's minus five. So you're going to go find the five somewhere else. So therefore, there's a difference even in the Gematia to show you how... How perfect, how perfect it is. Okay, so that's the beginning of the parashah, gentlemen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful pieces there. Haidut is the Mishkan. Haidut is the Mishkan, Mishkan Haidut. Haidut is 479? Haidut is 479. Wow. Okay, so there you go. So, beautiful. Now let's go to the end of the parashah, because the time is short. We have over here we have over here in Pedic Mem oh, let's do this let's do this correctly that more time. Open up Pedic Mem if you have some machine over here you'll benefit to see this stuff inside. Vaidabir Adonai Moshe Lemur. 
ביום החודש הראשון, באחד לחודש, תקים את משכן אוהל מועד. Which, again, without going too deep into it, the Mishkan was actually inaugurated on the first day of the month of Nisan. I'm not going into the Mahloket between the Rishunim over here. Was that the first day of the seven days? Or was that after the seven days of Milu'im? There was seven days of preparation. Seven days of Milu'im. So that she learns that Rosh Chodesh Nisan is the eighth day. That after the seven, which were done in the last week of Adar, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that's when the Mishkan is operational, you know, uh, 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 as an official. Whereas the Ibn Ezra will learn that, no, the seven days actually start on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And therefore the inauguration is not really till the, till the eighth. Put that on the side, that's a separate mahlokit, Yes? Rabotai, I just need help reading this pasuk. I know when you read it quickly, Okay, let's read the pasuk, but. Biyom ha-chodesh. Biyom ha-chodesh, on the day of the month, Harishon, the first month, Behad ha-chodesh. What is this Biyom ha-chodesh doing over here? Shouldn't it just say, בחודש הראשון, באחד החודש. To me it sounds like there's an extra word over here. Again, I would have written it, בחודש הראשון, באחד החודש. Like it always writes it, by the way. Whenever the Torah is writing dates, that's how it writes it. It gives you the, the month and the day of the month. בחודש הראשון, באחד החודש, לצאת בני סמל ומסיים. Here it comes along and says, on the day of the month, Harishon, the first day, so I don't know what this, this Yom, of course it's the day of the month. You, you, you're telling me the day of the month is a second from now. The day of the month is Ahad Hodesh. So just how do you read the Pasuk Alpi Pishutoshil Mikra? By the way, uh, Tommy, you have the English next to you? Can you read me the English? See if they fixed it. Day of the first new moon. Oh, that's the month. Don't be, don't be, don't, don't be a wise guy. That, 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 means, that, means, that means the month. On the first of the month. Yes. Yes. So on the first of the month, you shall erect the tabernacle. The first of which month? Okay, continue reading. What do you mean? Doesn't say. On the day of the first new moon. Oh, on the day of the first new moon, which is on the day. Of Nisan, on the first. On the first. Oh. It's, it's, it, by the way, it's even more complicated. So I, I don't think I'm going to be able to answer what the article did, but I'll be able to answer the, what the Bible did. So now, we bring the Meshach Chochmah into the picture. So to get the answer to this, we got to go all the way to Davinsk in order to see what the Meshach Chochmah has to say. <coughs> Abotai, the Meshach Ormah was a great, great rabbi. There was a story once told about the Meshach Ormah. It was told by a fellow called Isser Har'el. Isser Har'el was the first spy master for the Jewish people. I think he was the first head of Mossad. Big, uh, you know, big guy, Chiloni guy. But he lived in Dvinsk. And he once told a story about the Meshach Ochmah. He said that we're in Devinsk once, and the waters of the town were overflowing, and we're going to inundate the whole town of Devinsk. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think so. yeah no, we didn't. We would have visited him. Minsk, maybe. Minsk is Belarus. Anyway, so we went. So he says, I was there. I was a kid. They called the Meshach Ochmah to come and uh, help the problem. So the Meshach comes to the river. The river's coming over. So he tells the river, stop. And doesn't stop. Keeps on going, 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 going. So he takes up the river and says, listen, I'm the Meshach Chochmah, Me'ir Sema'ah Kohen, and I'm the Madrad Atra. And I posek, as the Madrad Atra of the Vishka, I have to stop. All of a sudden, the waters went down. 
Isahar El says, I was there. That's a kid. <laughs> Shock. The guy came and he put water down. So Rav Gedalia Eisman said, the bigger miracle is not that the Mejrogmah can pass in the waters to go down. The bigger miracle is he remained a Chiloni Isahar El. That's the bigger miracle. <laughs> he says, he saw the Mejrogmah and the guy still remained, uh, you know, out of, out of the fringe, out, out of the fold. That's a, so that's a bigger miracle than the Mejrogmah. Miracle, okay, of course, that's an easy trick for those rabbis. But to see it, not to, I mean, how stout-hearted could a person be? Anyway, the Mejrogmah over here, that's <coughs> beautiful. I'm going to read it inside. It's one little piece. Biyoma Hodesh Arishon Be'ahad Lahodesh. Yipaleh. The lefi mishpete halashon, according to the language, hayal lomar b'chodesh arishon, first month b'yom echad lachodesh. Simple. B'yom achodesh hu shem al rosh chodesh. Ah, so he says very good. What does this word mean? B'yom achodesh. What does it mean? B'yom achodesh means berosh chodesh. Yom HaChodesh is the way of saying the day of the Chodesh, which is a way of saying Rosh Chodesh. Like it says, he quotes in Shemuel, Vahiyah Chodesh, Mahar Chodesh. So Yom HaChodesh is the day of Rosh Chodesh. Vimken, miyutar lomar be'ahad la'chodesh. He says, guess what? You don't even have to write be'ahad la'chodesh. All you have to say is, Be'yom HaChodesh, Harishon. Be'yom HaChodesh means Be'rosh Chodesh of the first month, which is what? Aleph Nisan. He's even making a stronger question. He's saying, Yomah doesn't mean on a day of the month. It means the day of the new moon, like you read. So Mishra is saying, what are you doing over here? So he says, very important. He gives us a lesson in the Hebrew language, which is important to know, to know how to speak Hebrew. He says, sometimes you have the exact word, but the word has dual, dual meanings. So you really have to know which meaning is being used at what, at what moment. He said, let's take the example of uh, Yom. Yom can mean a day. A day meaning a 24-hour period. For example, I say, Yom HaShabbat. What do I mean when I say Yom HaShabbat? The 24 hours of, uh, of Shabbat. Or when I say Yom, it could mean the day as opposed to the night. Right? Yom Laila. That's also a possibility. So how am I going to know when I say Yom, am I referring to the full day or am I referring to that interval of the day, the 12 hours of daylight? The only way you're going to know that is from context. So the Rav says, I'm not going on the day, the 24 hour interval. No. It's coming to tell you, not the day. But it's coming to tell you that the Mishkan was built in the day as opposed to the night. Beyom. Beyom means during the day of the first month. Which day? Meaning daylight of the first month? Rishon. Yom HaChodesh doesn't mean Rosh Chodesh. Yom means the time of the 24-hour period. Which time was the Mishkan built? Was it built in the Laila or was it built in the Yom? Go slow. That's the next question. And the Torah seems it very important to tell us, you should know, Rabbi Isai. The Bet, that's Rabotai. The, the Torah is telling you that it was built and erected in the day. Okay, now you can sleep. Because it was bothering Maris Rem all these years. Was it built in the day or was it built in the night? So the Torah goes out of its way and says, you should know. It was built in the day. And you come along and say, deal. What do I care? Do I care if they built it in the day, in the night? 
that's 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 for the unions to discuss. That's not for us to, to care about. Says the Rav, no, you need to know it because how do we know that Hakamata Mishkan can only be built during the day? It's a halakha. You cannot build the Mishkan at night. Open up Masechet Shavuot on Daf Yudalit. And you're going to see what? You're going to see that it's coming to tell us that Mishkan can only be built in the day, as the Gemara says, I'm quoting the Gemara, in Binyan Bet HaMikdash Balayla. You can't build the Bet HaMikdash Balayla. Da'amara Bayeh. Minayin she'en Binyan Bet HaMikdash Balayla. How do you know? Shene'emar. Ubiyom hakim et HaMishkan. Biyom mekimo Balayla in mekimo. The Gemara proves that what? You can't build it at night. So therefore the Torah is coming to tell you a Hidush. Read the Pasuk like this. Beyom HaChodesh. During the day, the daylight hours of the month. Which month? Chodesh Arishon. Which day of the month? Oh, we didn't say that yet. You thought that Yom HaChodesh means Rosh Chodesh? No. Yom over here means day and not night. So in the day of the first month. In the daylight hours of the first month. Which day of the first month? Oh, why do I care? Because it's the halakha. And what's the halakha? The Bikash must be built by day and not by night. Only problem is the Mishnah he confesses. He says, that's a nice hiddush. And it's his hiddush. Reading in the Pasuk. But the Gemara doesn't use this as the source. He says, go to the Gemara and you'll see that they sourced this law from a Pasuk in Bamidbar. In the Pasuk in Bamidbar, I quoted you. The Pasuk says, Ubyom Hakim et Mishkan. You have a Bamidbar in front of you? Tomer, open up Perek Tet, Pasuk Tet Vav. And just read us the Pasuk, which is the Gemara's source of building the Mishkan or the Mikdash by day. Very good. So the Meshach it seems, he says, I gave you a nice Hiddush, but uh, it might not be right because the Gemara does not use my Pasuk as the source for the law. And especially, I mean, Pekudek comes before Bamidbar. So, I mean, you bring the first Pasuk instead of the... So he says... Uh, uh, um, so he's bothered. But I have a footnote on the bottom of my Meshach And he comes along and he says, I can answer it. It's true what the Meshach is saying. Why isn't it the source Pasuk? Because this Pasuk over here is what? He says like this. That's what he says. No, 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 no. Give us a Mishkan. Give us a Mishkan. Same, the same, the same, the same, the same. The same, the same. He says, He says, The Mishkan Chumas Pasuk is a good Pasuk. You know why? She signon Pesukenu. Here it's giving you the commandment, which is when you're giving a commandment, now you're going to tell me when to do it. The, the, the Pasuk in Bamidbar is really just telling us a story. And therefore, I mean, although the Gemara brings the story pasuk, the footnote is saying the Meshach Ogmah sounds like he has a a better source for it, only because you'd rather learn the law from the commandment than from the from the story. And he comes along and he says that that's uh, you know, 
That's 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 the, that's the issue over here. He says although the Gemara doesn't bring it, but you can't just push away the Mishnah Chokmah's proof. It's a it's a solid proof, and it might even be a more understandable proof because it's coming as a sivui as opposed to a, as a sipur. Now, on the footnote on the bottom, he references another Mishnah which is a classic. Let's go back to Parashat Vayetze. Tomet, you're going to read for us. Get to the story of the ladder. George, remember the story that they teach you in the university, Jacob and the ladder? So we're going to review the story of Jacob and the ladder, which was in the, uh, which was in the dream. No, no, stop, stop. Okay. Okay, the dream, the ladder, continue. Yuri. Continue. Okay, all the stories, continue. Continue, honey, you're doing great. Beauty. Ah, ah, slow down, slow down. Beauty, so what does that mean? He woke up. He wakes up from his sleep. And what does the Pasuk say? I didn't realize it's such a holy place. I didn't realize what's going on over This is a holy place. Beautiful, now what? This is a Makoma Mikdash. This is the Makoma Mikdash. Wow, unbelievable. The fact that I had such a prophecy. He can't sleep in such a place. He wakes up. Manora, continue. Well, sit down, sit He's up already. No, he skipped the Pazuka or something. Over here he says, Vayashkem Yaakov Baboker. Well, obviously he didn't go back to sleep because he just said, <laughs> if you read that, she even he says, he says, but you catch Yaakov and he says, and then it comes along and says, and what did he do in the morning? He took the rock that was behind his uh, head, because he was sleeping on the rocks, if you remember that. And he made a matseva, like a monument, and he poured oil on it. Strange type of a ritual there, but he does. Now, we know that if you're reading the parashiyot, like we read them, boys. We've been doing this every week, taking this special oil, which is the Shemina Mishcha, and we've been consecrating all the vessels of the Beta Mignash. Now, where did this come from? We have a rule, which means, what do you think? Didn't stop by us. The first one to make Mishihat Kelim in the Beta Mignash was who? Yaakov Avinu. Oh, says the Meshach he woke up in the middle of the night, but he couldn't make the Meshichah because en bonim mikdash balayla. So the Pasuk has to say he waited till the morning, and once the morning came, then he did it. So that's the Mekor of how you know it started not from, from, from the Mishkan. It starts from Yaakov Avinu. He's got to wait. So by Ashkem, he, got, he didn't go back to sleep. He got up. He was reading Telim the rest of the night. And he got up, and then he waited to the book end. And then once the morning came, now he could make the Mishichah, because that's a deen in Binyana Mikdash. One line he says, wow. So that just makes this derash, uh, you know, so beautiful uh, um, that you see that the Torah... It's a, it's, a, it's a very important mahalach, the Meshachachmah. Everything that the Avot were doing is halacha. It's not stam. So were, he understands that all of the dinim that we learn in Shas, the Avot kept all of that already. So he's not going to say, oh, we always, when we were young, they taught us, that the Avot were above the law. They did what they wanted to do, because, you know, they, they didn't have to follow it. So he marries two sisters, and he can do this, and they don't have to keep that. Haz shalom. The Avod kept the Torah before it was given. Before you have to read the Pesukim, and everything they do is Shimush Tamid Hakamim. 
Imagine you, were, you had an apprentice next to a rabbi. So everything he's doing, you're learning. Rabbi, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Everything, everything has a kabbalah. So if a rabbi in our generation does things with kabbalah, you have to assume a thousand million times more that when the avot behaved, everything was done because of a halachic consideration. And therefore, if Yaakov Abinu doesn't put the oil on the rock at night and he waits till the morning, hey, why not? We have to see the magdimim the mezvot. Ah, because Yaakov is coming to set a precedent. And the precedent is what? Et bonim bet mikdash balayla. And that precedent would come true in Parashat Pikudeh. Parashat Pikudeh, when we see that the uh, Mishkan was inaugurated to Rekhazad, it's going to say, Ubiyom, Biyom ha-chodesh, Velo balayla shena chodesh, Je'en bonim bet mikdash el abayom. Now he does bring a second answer, the Meshach Chokmah, to answer the bayom. We'll just read the second answer. The second answer is where he says, Iname, Mechuvan, Biyom HaChodesh HaRishon, She Kiviut HaChodesh, Ye Biyom HaRishon LeShabbat, Velo Ya'avruhu. Which means what? Kedomar. Me'achar v'rosh chodesh haya amur lechol, lechol b'yom rishon b'shavua. When was rosh chodesh nisan of that, uh, of that year? So it was on a Sunday. Hekpida Torah shelo ya'avruha. Sometimes you can make what? An ibur. Which means why you add an extra day to the month. Afilu apia kalim shel ibur ha'chodesh. And therefore... He comes along and he says, just according to the simple uh, uh, explanation, he, he, he shows you how it was on that, that day over there. So the Pasuk is coming to say that what? Beyom Rishon le Shabbat. Meaning, Beyom Rishon is referring to Sunday. It's telling you the day of the week, which means Rosh Chodesh is going to be on a Sunday. And we want you to inaugurate it on that day and not add an extra day and push it, let's say, to Monday. So I just tell you the first day of Rosh Chodesh as opposed to the second day of Rosh Chodesh. That's the because you can have you can have Bishani. Rosh Chodesh has two days. The day so, it's supposed to fall out. Exactly. The day that it's supposed to fall out on, that's the day I want you to do it. Because Rosh Chodesh can be the following day. So no, no, no. Beyom, which means again, Beyom Arishon. Like it says later on, they're gonna tell us it was the first day of the week, meaning it was on a Sunday. Very, very nice. Okay. No, he doesn't get impressed from, from this. Although okay. Correct. Now watch this, Sabotai. Now we come along and say a little word of uh, Musa. That was a technical. That's technical stuff. It's beautiful. Again, if we're not going to take time to read the text and say, go ask most guys in the street. How'd you learn this pasuka? Don't be te'il them. It's Merosh Chodesh. Finish. Leave us alone. Okay. You don't be te'il them, but we're learning Pesukim over here. So we have to learn the word of God. Look how much we learned from this over here. And we can connect it to Yaakov and to all the Meshach so the last, the last point that we have over here to offer this morning is Musar. It's a Musar from the great Urahim HaKadosh. In Kamon. They told me now, one of the rabbis, Abba Adeh, said that there's a big movement in Israel, they started to learn Urahim HaKadosh, and he started a kolel at the grave of the Urahim HaKadosh. Every Thursday night, they get 18 rabbis, and they learn the whole Urahim HaKadosh ala parasha kaseder, by the kever. And they have food, and they have lights, and they have the whole thing over there. So I was invited, when we go to Israel, to participate in that, uh, and maybe give a derash, because we're giving Urahim HaKadosh now. So therefore, I'm looking forward to that. He's buried on Harris team. So it's not anymore that they visit him only on the yard side. That's every Thursday night. There's a tent over there teaching Orachim HaKadosh and learning it. Could you imagine the Nachatruach of the Tzaddik by his grave, the whole parashah, cover to cover? It's fantastic. 
Oh, you saw it? You saw the... Oh, you buy the grave? Yes, you showed me. Yeah, beautiful. So he says, we know the rules. There's a difference between the word ele and ve ele. Exactly. Ele comes to tell us what? This as opposed to something else, as opposed to that. It's a restrictive word. Ele, this, but not that. Ve ele is vav mosif. Not only this, but also that. Now, this is the perasha where we're counting money. We're counting gold. We're counting silver. We're counting copper. It's all counting money, precious stones. So the pasuk is coming to say, When you're counting money, this is the money that you shall count, as opposed to counting other money, which you should not count, because by counting other money, you're showing importance to it and credence to it, and it doesn't have importance. What is he referring to? When it comes to Mishkan money, Mishkan money is called Deshes Mitzvah, Tzedakah money, that's eternal, that's money worth counting, because that money over there is permanent. It's a good investment because it's going to last forever. The Mishkan lasted forever. So therefore, you want to count money, it should be in the realm of Pikudeha Mishkan. Because it's Mishkan Ha'edut. This is the Mishkan of testimony between us and God. But do not spend your time counting your personal assets. That already, because he says, first of all, money has many names. The Midrash explains the names of money. One of the names of money is what? Nechasim. Why is it called Nechasim? Nechasim comes from the word to cover. Because sometimes Bore Olam covers a person's money from him and reveals it to somebody else. Money doesn't always stay in the same person's uh, pocket. That's why he says money is called Zuzim. Zuzim means what? It's always moving. It's that. So therefore, you're counting something that you don't even know if it's going to be by you tomorrow morning. It's not saying that if you have to pay a bill, don't count the fifty-two dollars to pay your electric bill. It just means that some people they put to their focus on their money and their assets and their, all the pikudir that they're doing is what on their money. Pay more attention to your spiritual assets. Those are something that's worth counting because that counting. Can I read the last is going to be a permanent. Lifsol, Omro Ele, it says Ele Lifsol to reject Kol Minyanim Shebaolam. All other countings in the world, all other reckonings. Because whatever person is going to count from the Kinyanim, he calls them Midumim, the, the false or the fake or the mirage. In Minyano Minyan. And then he says a beauty. Ushmo more alav. The name of money actually tells you its nature. Money is called mamon. And he says, why is it called mamon? Because mamon is like a rashet tevot. Ma atamone. What are you counting? What are you counting? How much time is you going to count the same water bills over there? When you count, by the way, you're counting something that you're not taking with you anyway. So what are you making such a fuss? And the Gemara says... That only you count Dabar Hashuv. Dabar Hashuv, that's already considered Dabar Shibi Minyan. But sometimes not Hashuv, does not consider Dabar Shibi Minyan. So he says, Ushmo More Alav, Ma Atamone, Ava Minyan Zed, Mishkan Omed Le Olam, Vataam, Liot Minyan, Mishkan of Dash, Shechan Shamashem, Shechinaz there, Shechinaz eternal. So therefore, it's a great Musan. It, the pasuk is coming to tell you, don't get, of course you have to have a, you know, a, a, a responsibility, a fiduciary responsibility, but it means don't get so caught up in the, in the pikudeh mamon, pikudeh mishkan. But then he goes on to say, another explanation why the Torah uses ele and not ve'ele. Based on what we learned from Rashi in the beginning of this class, that what's the Mishkan a testimony to? It's a testimony that God forgave us for Hetaegim. And we know that when a person makes Teshuvah, he has to make what's called Teshuvat 
Hamishkal. That you have to try to rectify the sin in order to reset the Avon in a positive way. And what was the first thing the Jewish people said to the Egel? Ele Elohecha Yisrael. And therefore, when we want to make the tikkun of Ele Elohecha Yisrael, the Parashah of the Mishkan must begin with the same Ele. We turned Ele Elohecha Yisrael into Ele Pikudeha Mishkan. That is considered Teshuvat HaMishkan. And he says, the monies that we went and we gave so eagerly for the Mishkan, for the Egel, we now had to run and give gold more eagerly in order to build the uh, uh, Mishkan. And the same Egel, that one, that we brought sacrifices in front of, now we needed to build the Mishkan and a Mizbeah in order to bring the sacrifices to God. And therefore, everything that's happening in the construction of the Mishkan is actually a rectification, midah, kenegin, midah, word for word. And finally, he says, that the purpose of the building of the Egel was what? To make it a resting place for a synthetic, fake, man-made God. Now go build the Mishkan for the real God, Emet. Hashem, who Elohim, who is Eloke Emet. Mamash, the same thing, but Latov. The Mishkan serves as a, uh, the Egel served as a what? As a, as, as, as a structure to bring foreign gods. And therefore, go build a structure and invite, not God forbid, the foreign gods, but it should be for the God who is the Elohim, Emet, and therefore they receive the total rectification. Rashi is, again, correct when he says in the beginning, Mishkan Edut. It is Edut that B'nai Yisrael, when God forgave them, when we forgave them, not for nothing, because they went and made what's called the Shubhat HaMishkan. Okay, Baruch Allah, Amen.